let my peeps listen to my daddy, the people's preacher. Deuces! <laughs> hey, what's good? It's your boy Big D, a.k.a. the people's preacher, and you know what time it is. Every time we come on here, we're doing two things. We're telling stories, we're giving God glory, and then we're giving God glory while we're telling stories. Big shout out to my brother Obadiah for coming on last week on the Taco Tuesdays, or as we like to call it, Topical Tuesdays. And so we talked about open doors. We talked about things that that we can do as believers to open up door to more satanic activity. We know that we don't battle against flesh and blood. We know that this war that we're fighting is a spiritual one. And sometimes as Christians, we can uh, we can really just give the enemy a lot of room in our marriages and our lives with our children, with our finances, with our health. So we talked about open doors and how we can open them. But we're hopefully going to do part two where we talk about not only how to open, how people open them, but how do we keep them closed? And we're going to bring the wives in. And so we're going to have an amazing time on the next Topical Tuesday. But tonight I got something special for you. Like I say, I always say special every week. It's special, special, special. What's special? Well, the special thing about this story is it is a story of redemption. It is a story of how uh, uh, the devil, the Bible says, you know, what the devil meant for, ba- uh, for bad, God's going to turn it around. You know, the scripture comes to mind, Romans 8, 28, that God uses all things f- together for those who love the Lord that are called according to his purpose. And so you might be out there and you might be saying, well, you know what? My life is, is hectic and I mean, I'm going through things. But know as a believer that God is going to turn that situation around and use it for his glory and for your good. So tonight we're going to share, uh, my brother's going to come and he's going to share his testimony with you. He's going to share what God is doing. See, we don't want to just talk about the bad and the ugly and the, gr- and, the, and the grimy stuff, but we also want to talk about what the Lord is doing in his life, the ministry he's doing, his marriage, his, his having a child, uh, the things that God is doing through him there at his church. And um, so with no further ado, we want to bring on my brother, your brother from another mother with the same father, Brother Ruben. What's good, hey. my brother? How we doing? Brother David, how's it going, my brother? It's Bam. going. All Ta- right. Talk to me. Tell me what you're doing, where you're coming from. Oh, man. So, you know, um, first of all, thanks for having me on here. I know it's been a long time coming. Amen. Uh, but, you know, any time that I get to glorify God is a good thing. And um, I'm just so excited just to to share what God's doing in my life because we go from glory to glory. Oh, come when on, he takes preach. You out the mud, when he takes you out the mud and, you know, when he saves you from all that yuck, you got to brag about how good he is, right? Come on, from the from the mud to the blood. <laughs> from the mud to the blood, man. Amen. So, yeah, I'm just here, posted up, uh, doing this interview, spending time with the family and giving God the glory, man. Come on, come on, come on. I know uh, I've been watching you for a few years, uh, not stalking you, amen? Watching you <laughs> via social media. And recently I had a, a, a an honor and a privilege to go down to your church with some of the brothers from Unbreakable. Big yeah, shout-outs to Unbreakable, amen? Yeah, shout-out to the boys, man. Um, I, I'm part of Unbreakable, but I don't do anything, so I don't know how that works out. <laughs> but, but what I – see, these people be messing with me. But I told him, look, it. if you guys don't give me an unbreakable chain, I'm going to go get one from KMF. I'm just letting you know. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I'm going to get one. 
There you go. So they I haven't got me. They said it's idolatry, but I still want it. So I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen with that. But yeah, yeah, I was able yeah. to see you there. And one of the things that uh, I, I, I appreciated about you was mm-hmm. some people talk about ministry and some people are about ministry. Some people talk about, you know, you can tell when someone loves the people that they're around. You can tell when people genuinely, if that's a word, love the people that God has put around them. And the way that you minister, you and your wife, to the young people, I seen the relationship. I see the the, the, the camaraderie there. I'm going to try to use some big words tonight so I can sound smart. Yes, that's all right. (laughs) Just that whole, uh, just the whole atmosphere there. I could tell that... uh, that you had a love for these young people and it was genuine yeah. and that, and um, I could tell that God, it was something special there. I've been to a lot of youth groups. I used to be a youth leader. So I, I know when it's business, I know when it's straight ministry and I, and I, I, I can sense when it's, man, this is family right here. This, yeah. these youth leaders really love these young people and they love them too. I know yeah. that uh, we're going a little off course. Talk to us a little bit about, how rewarding it is. Cause we could talk about all the bad, you know, all the stress yeah. and, the, and the ups and downs and youth ministry and blah, 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 blah. Talk to us a little bit about the benefits and some of the joys that you've gotten with you and your wife. Maybe one day we get the wife on here, but yeah. talk about some of the, like the, just the, the, the joy, like Paul says, the joy that comes from ministry, you there ministering with these young people. Yeah. So I think you hit it on the nose right there. Reward. You know, that's a that's a big word. And, and we do it because our rewards in heaven as well. Right. Mm. But but the thing is, um, when I first got saved, Brother David, and and I, I was in church, I just wanted to serve. I just I just wanted to serve at everything that I did. And I was just there and there. And when they first like were like, I guess I had the look of younger. I don't know if it was the tattoos or what. I'm going to give credit to my wife. Cause she looks a lot younger than me and they wanted me to take youth over. And at first I didn't want to. And I said, I don't know if I want to do that. Cause I know it's a lot of responsibility and I know how teenagers could get. So the rewarding part is that I ended up taking it, but I never wanted to treat it like a job. That was the rewarding part. I said, I don't want to do this ministry and treat it like a job. I want to save these kids because when I was young, nobody told me how important it was to fall in love with Jesus at a young age and that you would save a lot of heartaches, a lot of stress, a lot of misery, a lot of broken relationships, uh, uh, a lot of uh, depression. If I would have caught Jesus at a young age and, but the rewards are like now, there's so much to So you were talking about some of the rewards of um, the ministry and how you didn't want to, you know, a lot of times uh, ministry can become somewhat of a, of a burden. It can become mm-hmm. a job. It can just, you know, we, we're just, uh, what's the word like? We're, uh, we're going through the motions. Through the uh, motions, yeah. But you were talking about some of the rewards, some of the things, uh, the benefits. If you can just share a little bit about that as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the I would say the benefits is the the people that I've met and how 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 much these kids really open up to us. And one awesome thing about ministry and especially with the youth is that 
Your labor does not go in vain. So whatever we do, we always, God always provides. He's always providing. Me and my wife are like, sometimes, man, we don't got the money, that much money to do all this. And But God brings people in from everywhere. And that has helped so much, so much that the rewards that I've got to bless other youth and other people through our ministry. And that right there is such a reward to me to see these kids blessed. And when they come, these kids, they're comfortable. Because I don't know if, you know, I do youth at my home as well. Yeah, I, I noticed that. That was pretty cool. At home. And they love it at the house. They, they feel the comfortable, the, you know, comfortable. And it's, it's just amazing, man, what God is doing. There's so many rewards to it. The, the, the brotherhood, the sisterhood. Uh, you know, one thing that me and my wife always do, we always do like an open panel type of thing. Mm. We'll tell the kids, write something down, put anonymous, and we want to give you godly advice. Because we know that sometimes they can't go to their parents or whoever yes. it is. And we do that, and we have some of the best nights like that. I won't even do youth nights sometimes. We just focus on that because they want answers. These kids want answers, and we just want to be able to help them out in every which way possible. And these kids are growing, David. The thing is to plant a seed, and if we're blessed enough, we see the harvest. But if mm -hmm. we don't, we're good with that. And, and that, is, that is impactful to us, and I love it. And man, one of the things I tell people, <clears throat> and not to take the focus off of you guys, but you said something that's very key. You said uh, you're sowing seed. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about youth ministry, it could be, this is the only thing I'll say, is it could be a little like, dang, am I getting through? Eh, yes. Are they really Are they really taking what I'm, uh, what I'm giving oh, them? And they will surprise you and say, right. yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, remember when you said that? You said this. You're like, I didn't say that. You're like, no, no, you said that. And in a good way. I, I know young people that I, I, I felt like I labored and labored and labored and just like, ah. And then right, years right. later, they're like, hey, man, I just want to thank you. And I'm just like, okay. And I think that's what happens a lot of times in ministry. Like, how long did it take for us to get it together? Right. No, that's true. And, you know, you got a 13 year old kid who's in church on a Friday night. Come on. You got to get you got to show him some kind of love. You know and, what I mean? I, and, I, and, and you know what? You say that, David. Is I acknowledge that I always tell him you guys could be anywhere yeah. any other Friday, but you here today. And, and it's not that I see it. And it's not. I thank God for the for the candies and the refreshments. But God chose you for this day. Mm. This is all about you. This is the choice that you made to be here, and God sees it. So don't you think that you just showed up because you wanted to? God knows that your heart was open to it, and he and He admires that. And I always let them know that. They could be anywhere else, but they're here. And and, and that's a good thing. You know, and uh, you, you, I like what you said. You know, our work is not in vain. Anything we do for God is not in vain. I think that we want to see the we want to see the results ASAP. You know, we, we see the youth group down the street or the church down the street. And, man, the, the numbers and the bells and the whistles and woo. And but uh, my, one of my friends told me this the other day. He said, you've been assigned. Be faithful in that assignment. If you have 100 youth or you have 30 youth, be faithful in your assignment. You know, and a lot of times we're not. You know, we want yeah, more. I've learned that, too, David, like growing because I've had eight and I've had 18. I've had 38. Mm. And the 
doesn't matter as long as somebody receives that night. You know, Holy Spirit, we invite it. Amen. And as long as someone accepts that invitation, we and my wife are like, dang, did you see that girl accepted Christ today? Mm, come on. You know, it gets a little emotional for me, even if I think about it, because it's it's a good thing. It's like we're doing the right thing, babe. God's got us. God's got that kid. And we see it youth night after youth night. I mean, it's it's not by accident. No, no, Divine definitely. appointments with the creator. Ooh, come on. I always tell people that divine appointments all day. Yeah. Amen. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how important it is as a youth leader to um, to be, how can I say, to not so much always to be caught up in the entertaining. How much? Okay, you know what? We'll flip it. In your experience, sometimes you can get youth groups that just all entertainment, bells and whistles. How is it important to you? Where do you find the balance between doing the icebreakers and doing the the raffles and doing the uh, the rappers versus just coming with that that solid word and prayer? You know, okay. talk to us. How do you? Because I, as a youth leader, I could get I got caught up in that a lot. And I see yeah, some yeah. YouTube ministries. Not everything that glitters is gold, right? Ooh, come on, preach. So, so what I tell the kids, we have fun, right? Because I do believe in, in the gathering, the gathering of each other. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembly of each other. And that doesn't mean young, old, whatever. If you're serving God, don't forsake that. And a key thing to me is when it's time for Jesus, this is serious time. Put the phones away. If someone's up speaking, we're going to respect what God has to say because God is not going to put no one up here that uh, is going to play any games or make anyone look dumb or embarrass them. This is time to receive and um, focus on what God is saying so that you can learn. And I take Jesus really serious. The kids know I love to play around. I love to joke. But when it comes to God and the things of God, especially the word of God, it's serious time. We play, and I make sure that we don't focus on nothing else but Jesus at that moment. Mm -hmm. And that has helped me a lot. And altar calls have been really powerful for me, too. We making sure. I, I kind of make the kids get up. Get up here. You're going to pray because you're too shy. We got to pray for you. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. Let's, who are we lifting up? Come on. Nothing's perfect at home. No, and I noticed that, that, that there was a the presence of God was uh, was a value at the youth mm -hmm. uh, even though we had the rappers and we had yes. the, the the games i felt honestly i was blessed by i uh, whoever was i don't know who did worship but dude oh, my, my, the girls yeah i was wife. like because at first i was like why do they need all 30 of them up there what's going on over here are we doing a choir <laughs> and then all of a sudden that girl, they started singing and i was like whoa like the presence of god was there um, yes. I could, I could sense it. I could sense, and that shows me the value you guys have. On you know what, we don't have uh, again. It's not whatever. Not all that. Everything that glitters is gold, and mm -hmm. it's just there was a. I felt there was a there was a hunger for God there, and so uh, you know, I just want to salute you, bro. I don't know if you've been, t if anyone's told you, but you got something special going there, going oh, on man. there. I think that oh, God nice. is doing something, and and That's uh, good. yeah, man, it was a blessing to be there. Uh, the altar call was powerful. The worship yeah. was powerful. Um, the rappers, yeah. they were okay. You know? Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. 
But uh, <laughs> I, I always me. tell I always tell Rick he's the Suge Knight of Christian hip hop. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. But you know, you know, you see a lot of girls up there. Uh, That's the thing about YouTube is getting them involved. Amen. Yes, yes, I yes. Them, I always tell them, girls, kid, boys, you don't want this fifty-year-old youth leader up here. You're mm. gonna have to step it up. You guys are our future generation Z. You guys are the ones that are gonna break chains. Mm, come on. And fulfill, fulfill prophecy and all that good stuff. I said, this is your guys' time. This is your moment. I can't be up here forever. So you guys gotta step it up. You guys gotta step it up. You'll be seventy-five years old, still running the youth. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Be an old youth pastor. I tell them, man. You're gonna look like but, a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, who's the but pervert? I tell them, man, that's why you're seeing a lot of girls up there, though, David. No, that because, no, no, yeah. Yeah, we give them grace and we want them to be involved. Mm -hmm. And if if that keeps them accountable, so it comes with accountability. Mm. If we see them scrolling on their social media and they're playing some Drake and Dej Loaf and cussing and showing, then we got to tell them, hey, maybe, you know, you don't think you should be seen. You know, we do okay. it right. You know, hey, you know what? So we let's, let's give them some discipline and they know what they yeah. can do and what they can't. Hey, man, let's, you know? let's park there a little bit. I think one of the things that, that we... Uh, as youth leaders, I failed at times mm. for not addressing stuff. Um, I think that's uh, they that's the way you uh, you you protect them and you love on them. Love them, yeah. Um, you're teaching them the value because I tell people all the time, like being behind this pulpit, preaching, teaching a Bible study, anything you do for God, there needs to be a, a, a reverential fear, a, a, a fear, a respect, a reverence. Right. And I think sometimes in ministry, just that person could be like in straight blatant sin. Right. But we need them. Or she needs, we need her. And yeah. so I, I love that you're teaching them, look it, there's a, we have to value this. You know, value. what we do for God is, is no, is not a big, is not a little thing. It's big. And yeah, so that's something, big. that's something that I, I, I see a lot of places where that's not a value. It's yeah. if we need them and they're talented, they can get away with just about anything. Yeah, you're right. And then that's when you lose the anointing. Mm, come gift. on. You know, you lose, You got a talent, but you got no power behind it. Ooh, come you got, on. You got, you got a gift and it's not anointed. I mean, Drake and them are all gifted, right? But they ain't anointed. Ooh, come I mean, on, preach. I mean, that's what it is. And I try to tell these kids, you know, the other day we had a girls night here. And uh, right away, they wanted to do karaoke, right? And I don't. You know, kids are going to be kids, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, we give them grace because God gives us grace. We want to teach them. And we want to be open to them asking questions too, David. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to shut them down. No, um, don't smoke weed and have sex. You know, that's it's effective. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to shove that down their throat all day. They know already. Yeah. You know, all these things. And it, we're to train them in the ways of the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. Come on. So they were playing a song and... It was a, uh, what's that Carrie Underwood song? Uh, I drove my shit, whatever that song was, right? And I listened to the words mm -hmm. and it had the, the, I don't know if it's a bad word, uh, tramp. I don't know how okay. bad that word is. That word. And I said, okay. The kids know I take music serious. Oh, then they should. Yeah. And yeah, music yeah. for me was like, you know, a gateway for some evil stuff for me. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You know, and so... I heard it. I said, all right, cut. You guys can't do karaoke with those. If it ain't Christian, I don't want to hear it. 
There's a lot of good Christians, and they respected it, mm. but they had that respect for me that, that they shut it down. And and but that's the part, like the correction part, where they gotta know. But then I have I gotta break it down to them why though. Uh, definitely, I wanna, definitely. I don't want I don't want to hear that. It's my house. Don't play it. And I'll be like, this is why, guys. Look it. Guard your eyes and your ears, your windows, and mm, to your soul. Come on. Come on. One These of kids, the, they get it. They get it little by little, man. Yeah. Little by little. One of the things that I tell people about. I guess it, it, maybe it's not even about youth anymore. It's just about people in general. When people know, when you do ministry, number mm-hmm. one, people don't, you don't, uh, I tell people all the time, nobody belongs to you. Right. You're, 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 God is giving you people to serve exactly. and to, to love on and to correct and to exhort and to all that good stuff. But real recognize real. And people real know real. when you're fake and you're phony. People know when you're controlling, when you're being manipulating and one of the things about people is when you build that strong relationship in the Lord with somebody, you can correct them and you can and they'll be like, you know what? OK, I'm going to I'm going to be obedient because I know you hear from God. I know you love me. And one of the things about young people, sometimes it's really hard to get them to to respect you or to open up to you. But when they do. You know, and that's the. Could be the good and the bad because the world uses that and says, right. "I've gained this guy's uh, res- uh, confidence. I've gained his uh, his uh, his respect. Uh, he trusts me. Now mm-hmm. I can I can get him to do just about anything for me." Right. And so that's uh, that's one of the things I loved about youth ministry is that uh, after a while, I was able to speak into their lives and help that's them it. and guide them. And like you oh, said, when you speak, they listen because they know you love them. And, and I think a lot of times youth leaders or leaders in general, we can uh, just people like he really don't care about me. He just like, you know, I just mm-hmm. do because some people will be obedient to the leader because he's got a title, you know, right. just at and work. Got, you got yeah, bosses and, you don't like, but you got to do what they say. Yeah, exactly. A title is just a title. Yeah. That means nothing. We you, want that bond. We want that connection. Yes. And, and that's the thing, too. The kids respect me to the point like. I'm like a big bro to them. Amen, you know? amen. I'm like a big brother, and, and they know it. They, I want them to try to be humble and say this, but, like, I love them, and they love me. No, when amen. I, I could them, definitely, yes. Like, I tell them, I love you, bro. I want to hear I love you back because <laughs> I know it takes a lot yeah. to say I love you, and they don't get it sometimes. Yeah. But it's like, I love you, bro. And they'll be like, oh, I love you too, Ruben. Yeah. You know? No, that's and beautiful, they, bro. That's beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, I love you guys. See you up. I go out of my way. I pick them up on Wednesday. They want to come to church. I tell them, I will never tell you no if you want to go to church. Mm. I will pick you up. If I can't, then I really can't. But I go out of my way to pick them up. And the kids that I have, they're not from our church. I know that they, when you came, they I didn't have a lot of my boys there. But mm. they're like all in the hood, in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Broken homes, Catholic families, mm-hmm. drugs, alcohol. And when they come, they feel like they feel safe. They feel safe, and they still they still look at me like the old from the neighborhood. But like they know that I'm not. Mm-hmm. But it's like a connection there, and I, I'm grateful for that connection. Amen. You know, I'm grateful what God put right there, and they could see the difference. 
That's the joy of the Lord. Amen. I I know we I, I know uh, this is like a, a youth leaders 101 do's yeah, and don'ts. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, you know what? I I love yeah. what you're doing over there, and that's really what I I, I know. We can get into your testimony all day, and uh, of course we we we, we want to try to get into it. But one of the things that we uh, I've I heard somebody say we're like one generation away from becoming a totally atheist country. Oh, that's strong. Um, whether how true that's uh, that uh, that that statistic is, or maybe somebody lied to me, but I see this. N- number one, we're dealing with the fatherless nation. I mean, mm-hmm. my father generations of of men black white mexican poor rich who just disconnected themselves uh who weren't there because of prison drugs uh whatever it may have been and so you got this generation of young people men and women that are that are looking for that father and that mother figure looking for someone to say i love you like you said hey man i'm proud of you you're doing good but i'm even catching that guys my age want to hear that too, you know? <laughs> and so, like, I tell people all the time, hey, man, you're doing good. Oh, okay. Hey, man, love you. Okay. I said, mm-hmm. no, no. And I know this is probably the worst thing to say. I'm like, no homo, bro. Like, I love you, bro. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love you too, dog. I appreciate you. Anyway. Yeah. But, you know, you're doing something that, uh, you know, you. it's sad to say that youth leaders become, like, big, big brothers, but they also become, like, uh, substitute fathers. Spiritual fathers. Spiritual fathers. You know, a lot yeah. of a, a lot of these kids come in, and like you said, they're broken. Uh, single yeah. parent homes, being raised by the grandparents, uh, and dr- uh, every, everything around them is is saying you don't you don't need church, you don't need God. Look what right. look oh. at your situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, victim mentality. Uh, you you right. you deserve this, and so you're creating an atmosphere there at Praise Chapel Chino Valley, correct? Yeah, Praise Chapel Chino Valley. Creating an atmosphere where these young people can get healings and breakthroughs mm-hmm. and, and learn about God and value what God values and love what God loves. So that's a beautiful thing. Maybe uh, as we close this section of the interview, uh, yeah. you can give a little bit of uh, advice or encouragement to maybe a young youth leader out there or a seasoned youth leader that may be going through uh, ministry. And uh, maybe what are some of the words and encouragement you've gotten that have helped you? Because I know as a, as a leader, some, you get in these, you go through these seasons where it's right, just right. awesome. You, you you question yourself. The numbers aren't there. The people aren't coming. You know, who knows? But maybe a little encouragement, my brother. Yeah. So the encouragement I would give to that is stay true to the calling. God, know that God chose you for a season and a purpose. And I always tell my kids this. If you have a pulse then you got a purpose. God don't make mistakes who he puts. Now the devil will come and try to lie and tear it down and say, look, you have no youth here. You got no finances. Um, uh, you can't do this. But God's looking down at you saying, yes, you can. I put you here. I have so much um, faith in you that when you do it and you do it right, I'm going to elevate you. I'm going to catapult you into your next season. And as a young youth leader, just stay true to the calling. Love on these kids like Jesus loves you. And just be there for them. Do it. And you sometimes you're going to do it with complaining and nagging. But do it with a cheerful heart. Because 
your labor does not go in vain. Mm -hmm. God will make a way all the way through. He will. He always comes through. He won't let you down. You know that. I bet you this mm -hmm. podcast, he's never let you down. He just, he's there and he's a good mm -hmm. God and he'll see you through it. Amen. That's our slogan too. We encourage growth. Mm. Grow. Grow. Be in that season where you let God grow you. Mm. Be, let him grow. Learn. Develop. Talk to people. Ask questions. You know, and use what that God gives you. Use your gifts. Use them. Use them good. Give, and this is what I would say too. Don't get sloppy with God. Give him everything you got. Mm. Come on. Give him everything you got. One, you know? uh, for the the, the 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 time that you've been doing youth ministry, do you find yourself learning more from them than they learn from you? All the time. I'm always learning what triggers them, what <laughs> I see their attitudes. I see it. Yeah. You know, you know the boyfriends, the girlfriends. Come on. I I, I, I see it all. I learn a lot. I mm -hmm. learn a lot. I see their attitudes because a lot of them are church kids. I've known them for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Some of the kids, some of them are family. And so I know them. That's the hard part when you got to minister to family because they know you. Uh -huh. It's like you got to receive. <laughs> and then but, you got to, you yeah, got to. I've learned a lot from them. You got to correct the leader kid. And you're like, you know, I don't care who your daddy is. You know. I don't care who your daddy is. Man. You go listen. You go buy somebody. Yeah. <laughs> one time the youth leader, uh, with the pastor's kids started coming to youth back in the days. I said, hey, look at here, bro. I said, I don't care who your daddy is. I'm scared of your mama, but I don't care who your daddy is. <laughs> I'm not going to treat you any different. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if I got to slap you, I'm going to slap you too. There Amen. You there you go. Amen. So as we get into, um, I like, I mean, I know we're not totally, we're not technically in COVID anymore. Um, we're still dealing with the aftermath of COVID-19. I always like to ask people, you know, during 2020, 2021, maybe was there anything that you felt you learned that you were able to take into 2022 any lessons because i know that if you were alive and you had a pulse like you said god was showing you something what are some yeah. lessons you've you've learned or some things that you've learned over the last couple of years that you can share with us so a big word through the whole COVID for me was separation mm. and for me what i did and I know a lot of people did. You've seen it all over uh, um, social media, whatever. But separation was preparation for me. Ooh, come on. That that took me somewhere. It gave me vision. It it had me in my word. It had me praying, like so many of us did. Yeah. And uh, I, I was in a season of separation. Was preparation for me. It's preparing mm. me when I came out of out of COVID and what was to come and doors were opening when doors were even shut. When they were trying to shut the church down, doors were still open for me. Mm. God, God never, uh, my, my bills were paid. Everything was good. So God prepared us for that season and he elevated us and in, into something good. Like, like we're youth, we're pastors now. And that was like, I didn't see that coming. Mm -hmm. I was just serving, but it was cause I was, separate i was preparing it i was doing what i was doing staying in my mm. word i didn't sugarcoat it. i didn't fall back a lot of people at that time if if you look at the statistics it was homicide depression yeah. uh, uh 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 drinking alcohol went up people drinking yeah. were drinking a lot 
the, know, and the statistics for um, domestic violence went up, uh, the divorce, up. sexual abuse on children, uh, anxiety, depression, suicide. I mean, it was like, wow. From like, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and another thing, like I told you earlier, I mean, we put our trust, a lot of people put their trust, I think, like in those masks and sanitation. And, you know, I, I learned, yeah, it's good to be sanitized. But I'm sanctified <laughs> on the right God. side of God, you know. As soon as I I, I I praise Jesus, I went from sanitized to sanctified in the right hand of Jesus, man. Amen. I, I tell people I all the time. I, I tell I people put all the trust in men. I put it in God. Amen. The, yeah. I tell people all the time. I say, look, it. I know my days are numbered. So if I die, I die. If I don't, I don't. Yeah. I don't get. I don't get sloppy. But uh. Covid's. If I die, I heard a pastor say, "If I, you know, because they were talking about, you know, the church went into hiding." Yeah. And so he said, "I, I continue to go out and preach the gospel. I continue to travel as much as I could." And he goes, "And if I get COVID nineteen and die, it's a win win. Win win, yeah. Because I know where I'm going. And so I love that preparation. What you say? Separation was preparation. preparation. Amen. We gonna get a little T-shirt, a little a hashtag. Amen." That was my thing. I was telling separation is preparation, man. You know what? You know, this is a comeback route for me. That's Ooh, all come on. I think a lot of people uh, took COVID and uh, they just. I, I don't want to take the fact that it wasn't real, though. No, 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 no. I get people you. People were dying and people were getting skilled. Yeah. But like as a Christian, we had a certain type of understanding. Mm, come on. A preach. Yes. A different kind of peace within us, you know? Were we scared? Sure, everything's fearful. Life's fearful in itself. Mm -hmm. But when you fear the Lord, it's a different kind of fear. Ooh, come on. It's an obedient fear. It's a loving fear. And we knew to die is gain. Ooh, come on. And you preaching to the choir now, bro. Right? It's just how it was, though. I don't want to take away the fact no, that no, no. Though that he's starting talking about oh, COVID. Was, it was real. People yeah, died. Yes, yes. And we were praying for a lot of people. Gratefully blessed. We didn't lose nobody in our church, but we know churches that got shut down, didn't make it, and people died. Yeah. And and we went to those prayers. You know, we lost Pastor Woody, Praise mm -hmm. Chapel, um, Praise Chapel Azusa, mm -hmm. and we were right there doing worship at his hospital door, man, and just mm -hmm. bringing down heaven for him. God took him home. But as Christians, we had that peace, and we knew we put our trust in Come God. On. Not in no hospital, no doctor. We put it in God. And, man, you know, uh, I, I'm glad you brought some of that stuff up because, you know, like I was telling everybody, you know, uh, sometimes as Christians we can we have created this facade that nothing gets to us. We walk yeah. in, I'm teaching walking on water classes. You know, I'm, I'm, I've, you know, I'm this, that, and the other. And I'm going to be honest with you. There was, a, there was a point in COVID, during COVID in the midst of it. I work in a hospital. Where I was the fear of God, uh, the fear not the fear yeah. of God, like I I was getting like oh man like this is real bodies are going out, this it is real, real man, yeah. you know and people on TV it's fake it's not I go oh, I don't know if it was fake where you were at but it was real as it gets where I'm at, and I remember spending too much time watching this news, and I remember one time me and my wife looked at each other and we were like we need to stop this already, because God was talking to the church, and God was telling the church different things and he was speaking to people and some and a lot of people didn't do well and god for and, and it's sad because i i 
and I'm gonna say this, and, and I and I hope that people receive it the way I want. I hope they do. I believe that God allowed COVID nineteen to happen first for the church to wake us up and to get us out of our comfort zone and to realize that this is not a game that we're mm-hmm. dealing with souls and eternity and heaven and how is real. And so for me, I got caught up a little bit in that, uh, you know, like a little like fearful at times, you know, my children are going to get sick. Am I going to bring COVID-19 home from work? You know, this, that, and the other, whatever, whatever. And then one moment the, I felt like God was like, Hey, am I not God? And I was right. like, do, haven't I not taken care of you? And for me, like you said, God was showing us stuff. And he was preparing us for what's... T- w- 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 he's preparing us for this season. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you didn't see the blessings, the, the ministry. You didn't see what God was 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 p- bringing your way, but the preparation was there. And so... Uh, I, the provision... You know, I, you know, I feel bad for the people. I, I feel like it's sad for those who who didn't make it. A lot of people still haven't came back. Churches mm-hmm. didn't recover. But this is what I will say. It was like a shaking of the tree. Shaking. Yeah. And um, where was, you know, like, I'm going to be honest with you. There's times in my walk with God where my uh, my walk was on a title. My walk was on a church. It was on a man. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. We lose focus. We We don't take care of our spiritual man. We don't. We don't stay in prayer. We don't stay in our word. We get caught up in being busy for God, but not effective. And I just remember like, you know, Lord, like, okay, what are you showing me here? And so a lot of my friends, man, they didn't make it back to the church. A lot of churches didn't show. I know churches are still doing Zoom because nobody yeah. wants to go back to church. Yeah. And so it's uh, during COVID-19 for you, um, you said preparation. Well, I'm sorry. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> separation is preparation separation is preparation um you were being prepared for the next season and as you're yeah. as you're in this season now you know uh you know that uh god was preparing you for what you're doing now what were some of the other things you can encourage us that you were doing that that you were doing uh where you <clears throat> you know you know not getting caught up in the fear you know because even today people are still scared you know, yeah, no. what are some yeah. things that you can encourage us or encourage people to, uh, you know, like just to put, you know, put more trust in God or how was how, how has God been keeping you and your family? So I don't want to be naive to the sickness, you know, yeah. sickness is real. People get sick. COVID's still around. It's not as deadly as it was. And, and maybe God's been a little bit more lenient on that end. Mm-hmm. Some people have repented and prayed and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he's heard the call to some of us, you know, God knows what he's doing. And I agree with you said how he allowed it. And, you know, the funny thing is that you said that you were looking at that stuff, uh, COVID rising. And that's something that, that I was too. I started looking at COVID. Like if I was looking at a scoreboard, bro, mm. like the numbers going up and I said, I can't look at this no more. Yeah. I can't look at the news like this. I said, I'm not here to win numbers. I'm here to win souls. Mm, I'm, not, come on. I'm not here to win arguments. I'm here to win souls. And that's what I focused on. So I was going to churches and whoever was sick, I would go to their home and pray over them. And if people needed something, I would go out the way. And I'm going to tell you, God showed his hand upon us that season. Um, I bought a house during COVID. I, I had a baby 
during COVID. Uh, we were still doing youth during COVID and Jamie was pregnant. We got sick and we didn't even feel the effects of it. And I, I just stayed true to Jesus, man. I was still, well, so I've been saved five years. I was just on fire for God. And I used to get mad when people started using uh, COVID as excuse to not go to church. And I was, but I wanted to control the fire that I had. I didn't want to get out of character. So I was just on fire for God and I didn't waver. I didn't pull back. I wanted the church open and I was in prayer and seeking his Lord, seeking his face. And I stayed true, David. I stayed true to the calling and he, and he, he, uh, he acknowledged it. He really did. Amen. Uh, I know we, like I tell people, if you want to make God laugh, you tell him your plans. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we haven't spoke about your testimony at all. I'm sorry, man. No, 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 no. This has been some good. I get all, I get all passionate no, about No, 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 no. This is what we need to hear. I mean, let's yeah. just be honest with you. I don't need to hear your testimony. I just look at you and, yeah. okay, I could see that there's, there's you were, you didn't grow up in church. You know, you, you're not, you know, you, but talk to us a little bit about, um, what, what, we know you grew up in Ontario, California. Um, yeah. Talk to us a little bit just about your upbringing, you know, the, what, the, what, the, what the home dynamic looked like, and then what all we can do is fast forward to the season before you right. got so, saved. So growing up, I played baseball. I was a college kid. No, I just <laughs> <laughs> Academia. Like, hey, um, let me see. I, I want to be truthful, sincere about this. But I want I want to be real as can be. Amen. I grew up gang violence, gang violence. Like you said, the '90s. I was a '90s baby. Mm. So all my all my family, my uncles, they were all gang members. So I grew up right there in the neighborhood on Sunkiss Street in Ontario. And back then, there was gang members on every corner. I'm 40 years old now. Mm. So there was just gang members. I grew up the oldest. I'm the oldest of eight of us. Ooh, come on. I'm the oldest of eight brothers. So who do you think's footsteps they followed? Mine. Yes. I had no dad like you. I had no father figures. Father figures were my uncles. And they were in and out of jail. Yeah. You know, all of them um, in and out of prison. So when they came out, it was like four days and they were gone for a year violation. Mm, come on. So nobody uh, really was there to guide me and direct me uh not to be a gang member right they would say we don't want you getting into the hood but it couldn't stop me you know it was inevitable yeah 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 it was inevitable so where i grew up in but my mom was a dope fiend heroin addict uh i grew up around drugs i would sell drugs for my uncle when he would leave to the house and watch me babysit whoever i was he'd be like Here's 10 balloons, give them to them, they come, you know, just that type of environment. Yeah. So I grew up quick. Mm. So growing up quick made me really protective over my brothers and sisters. Um, so I was real violent. I don't even know. How, there's some things you can't say, you know, but I was really a gang member. Like, um, I, I don't know how you used to say the word. I was with the function. That was me. So at the age of 14, 13, I got into the neighborhood and I started banging. And I just did everything I could to set trip on anybody at any time. Uh, I was a welfare baby. I was raising my brothers and sisters. 
Uh, mom was usually loaded off of heroin, nodding out at everything. Uh, my uncles were just heroin addicts. I lost one OD to heroin in a motel, lost his life. Um, so as I grew up, my home was broken. But the crazy thing is that my mom knew Jesus. And so we knew Jesus, but we didn't know him. Does that make sense? Like, no, no, we knew that's we the knew same thing with my did. family. Is my mom always made us go to church, she never went with us, but there was always a like a, an awareness there. Yeah, we thank God yeah. for our food, we thank God for the blessings, but that was about it. You know, I, right. I don't want to be corny. I remember my mom driving home and she'd be like, Get us home, she'd be like, In the name of Jesus, please get us home. Hey, and hey, yeah, like, I sound like my mom, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what stuck with me. Yeah. And trip out on this. This is how crazy God works. Growing up, I used to go. We used to go to church, Praise Chapel, Ontario. It was right up the street from us. Is that Pastor Porky? No, that was Pastor. Um, um, he died recently. Uh, oh. Uh, oh my God, I forget. Jay, Jace. Oh no. Oh my God, I remember his name. But he recently died. But Ontario was the first church. Praise Chapel that got sent out out of Huntington Park. Oh, wow. Okay. We got some yeah. history. All right. Yeah, so it's got history, and that was the first church. Johnny Doris. Okay. That was the lead pastor. They're still around. They're like towards Upland. But that was the first pastor. But I never would have thought I'd be serving in Praise Chapel. I used to go to church because it was fun. Yeah, yeah. My mom would walk from the hood to there. It was right up the street. I would go see the plays yeah. and do all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, but so... Not to cut it short, like growing up, as when I hit 16, 17, David, I really started gangbanging. Mm -hmm. I really, really got into the politics, the gangbanging part of it. I didn't leave my house without a gun. I shot at anything that moved. And I just was really, really caught up into the lifestyle so much that it devoured me. Mm. It, 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 it devoured me so much where I would put my family on the back burner like my mom. I started slinging dope. I remember robbing like... Arabic dudes for like Infederan pills. You know how, you know, armed robberies and just doing that crazy stuff. And at the age of 19, though, I caught three murders, gunplay. Ask me how I made it out. God's grace is good. Amen. Because I don't deserve to be here, you know? And, and that's the thing, too. I didn't stick on the sin that I caused. When I got saved, I knew that God forgave me mm. because that bothered me for a little bit. Like, was God going to really forgive me for all the evil things that I did? I'm talking about, like, homicidal tendencies, a corrupted mind, polluted, you know? You know how it is. With that comes women and drugs and yeah. all that other crazy stuff. And But those three, three murders that I caught, I ended up doing 11 years off of them straight. So they ended up dropping into, like, a voluntary manslaughter. I had a crime they gave him involuntary manslaughter and they dropped one the evidence wasn't there it took me three and a half years to fight it though in the county mm. jail i was ready to do life i was you know i knew what i did i knew what i was doing and and uh, god's grace man he literally sit, sent me home out of 11 years right then i got out though david i caught two more attempted murders my god still and didn't you, get it how old are you at this point um 29 29. I went in at 19, got out, just going to be 30. 
just gonna be 30. Wow. So I did that and uh, I caught two more attempts at murders. I get out and uh, uh, I end up doing five years. So I get out this second time and I go to Folsom prison. I've been like, uh, cause I've been to, you know, I was, you know what they call it? Like, I don't know if you heard like a validated Mexican MS associate. I was validated in the system. Mm. So I was always in the shoe. I was never like on a main line. I did a little bit in the beginning, but most of my time was solitary confinement. Okay. In the shoe and, and just that. But when I hit um, the second term, I got transferred to Folsom. Okay. And right there, that's when God started tuning me up. Oh, this bit. is what I want to hear. This is what I want to hear. That's where God started tuning me up. Okay. So. I, I'm going to church. I'm still banging. I'm still doing it. I'm getting involved in the politics in prison. Um, I'm running the yards. I'm doing all this, you know, whatever gang life entitles, entangles, I was doing it. And I didn't trip. So when I get to Folsom Prison, you get there, and there's this little church that's right there. And I'm like, man, that church is dope. And I want to go to the church, right? So like I said, I've always knew Jesus. I was always prayed. I never missed a church day in Folsom Prison. I had access to a church. Mm. And when I would go, the worship, oh my God, they had some brothers in there they can sing. Come on. <laughs> and there was a song that stuck out to me. I didn't get saved in prison. There was a song that stuck out to me, and it was by Marvin Sapp. Ooh, come on. And it was called The Best of Me. Ooh, okay. And it was like, he saw the best of me. Okay. When no one else around, he saw the best of me. And I said, dang. And that, that song right there started tugging on my heartstrings a little. And I was like, God sees the best of me? When no one else cares, he's like, he saw the best of me. Mm. And this brother that sang this song, he sang it with so much soul and so much passion and conviction that I said, man, that song is real. And I told my wife, I said, because my, my wife was has been saved. She backslid when she met me. Come on. Okay? Oh, that's Lord. another story. But she backslid <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> yes, another podcast. But I told her, I said, we need to serve God. I don't know how we're going to do it. You're going to have to get to church, girl. And God's got to tune us up. <laughs> Come on. He's working on me. And, oh, and I knew God was real. But the crazy part is when I got out, David, that got out the second term, right? So I lived a life of, of gang violence, right? All that crazy stuff. You name it, I lived it. You probably heard the stories from millions of gang members. That was me. I didn't fake the funk. Mm -hmm. I would put a pistol to your head, and if the devil was in the way, something bad was going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to fake the funk. I want to be transparent. So I was really with that business. And I used to run my neighborhood and the homies get involved in crazy stuff. So when I got out of David, my wife threw me a party because I got home. And um, so the life I lived, you know, the darkness, God literally had to shine his light into my darkness for me to get it right. Amen. The only thing that could set me free was the blood of Jesus. Come on. And I'm at this party, and 
Jamie's mom comes, right? I lived in like a condo and all the homies are there and they're chilling, they're happy, I'm home. You know, gang members are there. And Jamie's mom comes and Jamie's mom serves the Lord. Uh, my, Jamie's my wife. They serving the Lord for 40 plus years and mom and dad, they're solid. So she comes and she comes with the letter, but she's kind of hysterical, right? And she says, uh, this letter came from me. I was like, what is it? And she comes and she said, when I was at the gate to get in, there was a man that came in and he said, are you going to see uh, that brother that just came out, Ruben? And she's like, no. She didn't know who it was. She got scared because she knows I'm a gang member. She don't know who's asking for me. First day, out of, second day out of prison. Um, and he goes with a smile, yeah, you are. You're going to see Ruben, the guy with all the tattoos. And she goes, she goes, yeah. He goes, when you go over there, can you give this to him? And she goes, okay. And when she got the letter, she looked down and looked up and he was gone, David, like that. Mm, ah, uh, come on. Yeah. Entertaining so, angels or what? I don't know. And she's not going to lie about that. No, stuff, for right? sure. For sure. Here's the crazy part though. So the letter comes and she, and I get the letter, right? I open it. No one knew what that stuff was but me. Those are prayers that I prayed for. Mm. And the first words that came out was, my dear son. Those are the words. And on the bottom, I know I don't know how much people believe in the supernatural or what, but I believe in the supernatural, and I know what God does. I've seen it healed. Amen. And, and, and if he sends somebody to send me a letter on a paper, and that's what it Amen. was. Come on. And that's how it was to get to me. To show me, and this crazy part is that people wait years to hear from God. Mm. They wait years. It took me a matter of weeks to hear from Jesus, you know, to hear from God. And those were the letters signed, your father, God, your son, Jesus, your father, Jesus. That was literally, and it was typed up all perfect on the, mm. the letters, David. And trip out. So that angel had one. grammar. <laughs> Bro. Talk to happen. me. Talk to me. Yeah, it didn't happen once, David. It happened three times. So this letter, the first letter came through uh, through your mother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. So, but I didn't, I didn't believe it though, right? I mean, I believed it, but I took it as it was and I went back to my sin. I, mm. I was going to church, but I was drinking after. I wasn't serving God yet. I didn't get saved yet. So one day I come home from church again, David. And my sister's here, and uh, she hears something like a, a noise, right? She hears our door opening, and it had like a funny sound with the keys. And uh, my brother-in-law was staying with me at the time, someone else, my other brother-in-law. And uh, I go downstairs, I said, are you opening the doors? And he's like, nah, why? We had just got from home to church. Granted, we were going to go to like a hay party, like a, 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 a Halloween thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? Scary stuff. I don't do that stuff no more, you know? That's my conviction, though, whatever it is. Amen. You know? No, you're doing good. But, you're doing good. Yeah. So I go out there, David, and I look on the floor. The door was locked. Nobody left. There was another letter right there. Stop. <laughs> what? Another letter, bro. Same craziness, right? Uh-huh. And then cut it short again. One day I'm at home in the backyard. I'm, I'm cleaning my pool. My sister-in-law comes home. She's like, hey, there's another letter for you right here. And I said, what? And this is already now God's tuning me up. I'm getting right a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and 
I get the letter again, and bam, I open it. I start crying. I started crying, baby. I got mad. I go to my sister-in-law. Who wrote this letter? And she's like, huh? She's like, I don't know. It's just on the under the mat on the door. It says your name. Every letter came written Ruben the same way. Wow. Right? Ruben the same way in print, like someone wrote it, but it was always typed up perfect. Wow, that's crazy. Perfect, perfect David. So crazy. But I'm telling you, God had to show up this way. No, no, no. He do, uh, he, he he had to. He's very he he. It's like God Taylor has to tailor make the way he gets a hold of you. Yeah, yeah. Because I wouldn't have believed. I probably would have still been in my sin. Because why God was knocking, the devil still was knocking too. Ooh, come on, come because on. Because we got to remember the adversary is here, and his his job, his mission is to get you to hell. The Holy Spirit's mission is to get you to heaven. Come so on, that's what preach. was going on there, and and so. The letter typed up, and I read it, David, and I said, God's so good. Look at me. All in my ugliness. All in my filth. Mm. And he's still accepting me. He's still telling me that he loves you. He says, God told me, watch your ears. What are you listening to? And one of those letters, he said, the Lord give it, and the Lord take it. Mm. Haven't you heard my commands? He told me that in the words. Yikes. He said, he told me that truck that I gave you, I'll take it. He told me that stuff. Scared the living daylights out of me, bro. Because your first encounter with the Lord is always going to be fear. Yeah. And you either run to him or you run from him. Oh, hey, dude, dude you're right on with that, bro. Oof, right? Come on. And, and He's so, going to take your truck. When, yeah. So when that happened, David, it literally scared me, bro. And I wow. said, God's real. He's seen everything I'm doing. He's answering all my prayers. He said, my blessings are for you. They're easy. Just listen to my wow. commands. And, and and he just started. And there was one letter that he told me not to even share with nobody that I got one day in my Bible. Amen. That was crazy. That scared me even more, David. It, it was just crazy. And then the thing that really got me to serve Christ was my wife. Mm, she said to that us. I told her that he wasn't playing with me no more. And when she told me that, that she wasn't playing with me no more, I said, that's it. I'm not playing Russian roulette with my soul anymore. I can't. Uh, be on both lines, and ever since then, I've been saved and sanctified, brother. Ooh. That, wow, that is amazing. So, so you're, what you're saying is Jesus works for the postal service. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's got a secretary. There you go. And he take. You know what I tell people, man? Like, you have to really like admire God in a way where, like, he comes at you the way he should, like the way you're gonna. Like he knows how to get your attention. Yeah. And so for one person, it's one thing. And for another, for you, it was those letters. Maybe because I, I was good at writing letters in prison. I don't know. No, no. He but God said, I got to get this guy's yeah. attention. And this is what yeah. I'm going to do. It was That's, crazy, David. It was crazy. That is bro. amazing, bro. No, it was amazing. Because I never hear stories like that, that God writes you a letter. I never hear that. And it's, it's wow. just, it was crazy it baffled me i knew god is real i've seen it mm. I've, I've, I've read it he's talked to me i've heard his voice i've read his voice Whew, man so power. take me to that's that what got me saved though that's what literally turned me around so take me to that place you got these letters you got all this time you got all this life of of heartache and pain and destruction i love how you said this lifestyle literally devoured me yeah. And that, you know, and the devil is, is he devours and you live in this life. 
You know, you're and you're coming to a place where God's like, okay, I got to get this guy's attention. It's 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 his time. And all these little things start happening. You get to you get to prison. You see that like what makes somebody that not a, it's not normal for someone to look at a church and say, that's dope. I want to go because that doesn't happen. Right. And then you're going, you hear the song. And so God is just the Bible says that no one comes to the father, but through the son and no one comes but by the spirit. So yeah. I tell people, nobody wakes up Monday morning wanting to serve God there. Right. It's because God is drawing you and he's drawing you. And the, I love what I love about God is he goes after you. Right. He went after me. He went after you. He goes after the ones that, that are his. Right. And so you get to this place where like, OK, where's that moment? If you can take us back to where you say, you know, Lord, I surrender it all. I give you my all. What is that? What does that moment look like for you? So <clears throat> I, I like how you said that, that the Holy Spirit that it takes you. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit that was moving inside. Yeah, I don't me. think most of us do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't know. And I can remember I had a homie that was doing life right there in Boston with me. His name was Frankie. They call him Knuckles. Growing up I knew him and he ended up catching life, but he was saved. He was saved. And I could, he would always try, he would minister me. So I think he was planting the seed in me. Definitely, definitely. The, the, the seed was being planted. And I would love to see him now because I heard he's out. Because he got busted like a long time ago. And I remember going to that church and I would tell myself, I could see myself up there on the pulpit. Mm. I don't know why, but I could see myself up there. Like, I don't know if I was at the altar, but I never took that altar step. I never did none of that. Yeah, yeah. So, the the moment that really that that aha moment. Mm. Hey, is, you're using uh, my words now. Come on. Yeah, the aha moment is, yes. is that when you feel the presence of God, like literally. There's no other feeling like it. Come on. And, and that's the biggest thing is to fall in love with God. Amen. I fell in love with Him that day. That was my moment that I fell in love with God. And I told him, I love you. This is it. I'm not playing no more. I want to serve you. And I wasn't one of those people, if you take all this away, mm -hmm. I'll serve you. And I'll do all this and that. I said, Just save me. I'm good. I want to change. I'm tired. 36 years, 17 years in the system. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm tired. And and then that's when God like gave me a second wind. Ooh, all on. that evilness that you did for the devil, you're going to do it for me now. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm glad you just said that because I think a lot of times we don't realize that the preparation, even in life, you know, the things that we 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 bring into the church doesn't all need to change totally. Yeah. Because that love for the neighborhood, that that willing to, you know, because I wasn't a gang member like I told you earlier. I tried to be a cholo for like two days, right? <laughs> it didn't work out for me. Believe me, it is. It just didn't work out for me. I I I I I learned quick that that wasn't I wasn't about that life, but I tell people the way you put in work for your neighborhood, the love you had for a street you didn't own, the love mm -hmm. you had for your homies, the love you had for putting your neighborhood on on the map, you can use that for the kingdom. Of course you can. And uh, some of it no, but some of it yes, and I love how guys like you have been able to really deconstruct it. And say, okay, what can, you know, like, I'm a, like, 
Because like sometimes I think we come to Christ and we want to like be something we're not. Yeah, you know, exactly. We, we want to talk a certain way and walk oh, a certain yeah. way. Yeah. Call it Christian. We call it Christianese, right? Yeah, Christianese. And uh, God's like, no, 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 no. I can use that, but let me polish it. I can use yeah. that. Let me mold that a little bit. I, I need that, what you got. And um, yeah, man, uh, it's awesome that uh, 17 years in a system, welfare baby, uh, being born to a uh, your, no no uh, you know no disrespect, mothers on drugs, and you know yeah. fathers not around, and you know and and how God has given you. Uh, ooh, man, man, I feel this ooh, presence of God. <laughs> how God can take an ugly situation. Uh, you know, I, I've I've done interviews with people that have your 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 testimony. Uh, you know, uh, and I tell people what people are gonna say is you just got tired. Yes. You just got tired. You couldn't handle it no more. Um, but not the case. Not the case. You know, God interrupted your miserable life. Interrupted it, yeah. And He took you as you were. He took the ugly that you were, the broken that you were, and he he's molded and shaped you into the man of God you are today. And uh, I tell people all the time, if he can do that for anyone, he can do it for you. And so maybe you can um, you can give a little encouragement to maybe uh, a mother out there. Oh, you know, what? a son out there who finds herself a welfare baby. Who finds herself without a father, drug addicted mother, uh, over uh, looking, uh, taking care of their siblings, you know, maybe has no hope, no, it, it doesn't know what to do, you know. Maybe you can encourage that person, you know, because uh, like you said, there was nobody there to do that for you, you yeah. know. Some words of encouragement. Yeah. So, one thing I want to say is that in that lifestyle, like. You don't forget where you come from, mm -hmm. but you know what God saved you out of. Mm, come on. So it's it's something that you when you, when God saves you out of some ugliness like that, then you gotta give him all the glory and you mm. gotta put back you gotta put back to what's hurt you the most. Because I think that's where the real healing begins. And mm. for me, for someone, this is a, a key scripture for me, and it's a simple one, but it's Second Corinthians five seventeen. Ooh, preach, right? preach, and, and it's that scripture because when God says that He makes you a new creation, and that the old things are passing, and your new it's like He literally makes you a new creation. Like He takes that brokenness, He gives you a new family, and I'm talking about church family. I'm talking about the blessings, the friends, everything. That he says he's going to give you new, it comes new. He gives you a new creation, a new ability to move in a, in, in a different kind of atmosphere. Uh, you start getting visions. And I'd say stay encouraged. I mean, whatever you do, you know that the devil, serving God, being a Christian is not easy. It's not rainbows and butterflies. And I'm sure you could attest to that. But the benefit that we have now as Christians, is that no matter what, Jesus is with us every step of the way. And I always tell people, mm. give God a chance. See what he does in your life. Because God's not a liar, and he won't break his promises. Amen. If you say, Jesus, I love you. I don't know how to do it, 
but I want to do it, and I know you can do it, save me. Like you say so-and-so, I don't even know what church is about. I don't know the Holy Spirit. But you genuinely ask God with a surrendered heart, I guarantee he'll show up. Mm, He's on. not a liar. That's his promise. That's the gospel. He, he'll give it to you. And when he does, you take advantage of that. Because there's times I tell my kids, it's just you and Pastor Pillow at night. Ooh, come on. Hears, and God hears you. And, and I think that's the thing that God hears. God's talking. He's always talking. Ever since he said, let there be light, he's always talking. Amen. You just got to listen. Amen. Uh, I want to read your IG <laughs> Facebook profile. It says, oh, yes. God that's first. Wife, that's wifey's work. <laughs> okay. God first. Uh, still ride my uh, still riding with I'll, I'll just say with my day one yeah married blessed daddy and mommy to E.T. Grace no E.J. oh E.J. my baby yeah E.J. E okay E.J. talk to us a little bit about next see the, the thing is is behind every great man is a great woman mm, right, I right. don't know about that behind next to every great man who's a great woman who puts up with us on a daily right I tell yeah. people all the time, if it wasn't for my wife, should get a lifetime achievement award just for being with me 12 years, going on 13. <laughs> lifetime achievement. Right. Talk to us a little bit about being married, how it was before. Uh, give a shout out to the wifey. Encourage some of the men, you know, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, just uh, how much she's uh, she's how much of a blessing she is, not only to you as a, a wife but as a partner in the gospel, as a mother, as a friend. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so all you people that are looking at divorce, God hates it, so don't do it. Amen. <laughs> Just play. But marriages, marriages, I would like to say it. Is she right there? You'll be all right? Yeah. It's, she, it's complicated, yeah. but it's, it's gratification too. Okay, right? okay. It's like to learn somebody like in all their ways and love them still that says that speaks volumes yeah right and when we say to death do you part and all that it's like are you really death do you part or are you not because mm. as i'll be real before i got saved i didn't know how to love mm, i didn't care for women i didn't care whose feelings i hurt who i slapped but god god yeah. showed me like be fruitful with your wife mm. love her be tender-hearted. Don't let her lift heavy things. When you see her, look at her like I'm standing right on her shoulders. Ooh, come on. That's all volumes with me. And I'm really grateful for my wife because she is, my wife is like, she's really smart. She's like educated. And I never, th I didn't deserve a wife like her. Amen. I didn't deserve somebody like that. Amen. I thought I was going to be, I never knew I would be married or whatnot. I wasn't looking for married, but that's that's what God does, right? Like, Amen. He doesn't want you unequally yoked. It's like two are better in the kingdom. And when the devil knows that, he's terrified. It especially when you're on fire because you're causing damage. And we're partners. She's my friend. She's my homie. She's my ace deuce. Come on. That's why she says like, "You my ride or die." Like, still with my day one. Mm. I'm her day one. You know and. She's my day two. We go <laughs> one and two forever. And, Amen. and that's how I see it. I mean, if God takes one of them home early, I mean, we don't know, but 
Like, I love my wife. Mm -hmm. I really do. And I didn't know how to do that at first. And it's such a blessing to have someone there that's going to be there, like, solid with you. You know, when you got a vent, you got wifey. When you got a best friend, you got her. Mm, and it's, it's a good thing. And now that we have a baby that's like a mom and dad, I've never known that bond. Mm. I've never known the bond of a mom and dad like that. And to know that my kid is not going to be raised how I was and he's already got his future set up for him, that's something only God possible can do. That's that's a God movement right there. Mm, come on. And it's it's... it's, it's it's impressive, man, the way God works things out. It's he is I don't know how to say it, like I'm grateful for marriage. I'm mm -hmm. grateful to have a wife. Amen. I'm grateful for family. You know, I'm just grateful. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Like a home to lay my head. You know, it's just it's it's amazing to have a wife that's there for you. How that's does my it, day. How does it feel to be a daddy, my man? <laughs> the best feeling bro that's a good feeling man i love being my, my son loves me he's a daddy's boy uh -huh. so we got a bond right there that that'll never be broken mm. i love him man i love that i get to give him the things that i didn't have and i'm not talking about the materialistic things mm. i'm talking about the bond yes, love. Yes, yes. when it comes out daddy 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 he gets hurt he runs to me you know it's it's i, I love it i love it no, you know, uh, one of my uh, one of my things is, you know, God is. A, uh, I love that song, uh, the miracle worker, promise keeper. He's, yeah, you know, way maker. Way maker. You know, one of the things I love about God is that, in, even with my flaws and my uh, my the things that are wrong about me, the God has still been gracious to me because everything's undeserved. We know that. You know, the wife, the kids. Um, I always tell people, if you see my wife, they're like, man, dude, your wife's pretty. I say, my game is strong, bro. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but in all reality, it, there's no reason, like you said, there's, I shouldn't have what I have, period. Yeah. Now, but how many people look at it like that, though, right? They got to look at it like that. Because yeah, like, my game wasn't that strong because she married me. I was towed up even when she married me as a Christian. Um, yeah. I think she's seen potential to mold me and shape me. I don't know, but... And, and that's like my wife, she didn't want to marry a gang member, ex-gang yeah, yeah. member. When she met me, I was still in my heydays. Yeah, yeah. Like, like out on the street, but like <laughs> she couldn't even go to the restroom without a pack of homies like following her to protect her. Uh -huh. Like, and she was like, what the heck, you know? But like, uh, and her dad was against tattoos and all that mm. stuff. But God opened that door and gave him grace in his heart. Like, oh, I like tattoos. He's cool. Like, yeah, what? No, no, that, it, God, like... I always God. tell everybody, you know, like uh, there's a saying that, uh, you know, I, one time someone told me grace is an undeserved gift and everything you have, David, is undeserved. Because sometimes I think that I'm good enough that I earned this and I did and I did this and I did that. And that's why I have this and that. And the Lord keeps reminding me like, hey, even being a Christian, I haven't always taken the gifts and the the, the gifts and the blessings of God seriously, serious. Because still healing, still getting right. my breakthroughs. But one of the things I tell everybody is the the things I have, I'm so grateful because, you know, uh, not many people have them. Secondly right. is that um, we, me and you, you know, Ruben, we get to change with God's wisdom and God's help. We get to change the game. 
Yeah, we get to up. raise strong men, strong women. And at the end of the day, I told my daughter, you may not get a lot of money from me on that 401k. Uh, you may not get the biggest house on the block from me, the nicest car from me, but you'll get a, a, a I will leave a legacy of Jesus and it'll take you wherever you want to go. And the other day, my daughter was uh, arguing. She's like, I want to go to Harvard. And my other daughter goes, you ain't going to Harvard. And I go, babe, with your hard work and God with you, you can go anywhere. And to hear my daughter say, both of them, they want to go to college. They want to be doctors. It breaks my heart because when I was a kid, dude, I just, I didn't have no aspirations for, I never wanted to be a cop. I never wanted to be a fireman. I never wanted to play. I didn't want to do nothing. I was a waffer baby like you. All I wanted was, all we did was sit at home and wait for that check on the 1st and the 15th. That's it. That's it. And making sure we didn't ruin my mom's check. We went to school every day. You know, and God bless my mom's heart. You know, she got saved before she passed. She never challenged us to do anything in life. And, uh, but she did. I tell people, it wasn't an, uh, the biggest impact that someone made in my life was my mother. She made sure I went to church every week. The Baptist bus used to pick us up. And I tell people, so now raising kids, me and you, bro, we changing the game. You know, we're yeah. teaching our children how to love people, how to serve God. We're teaching our children how to love our wives, even though we mess up. Like for me, there's days where I'm like, man, dude, I just, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I just want to give my wife and love on her in, yeah, a, yeah. in a physical way. You know what I mean? But, yeah. And then I, you know. Uh, we call it. I don't. Call, I don't say we fight. It's heated fellowship. Amen. <laughs> and then there's days. Where, and then there's days where I'm just like, man, Lord, thank you. Like I don't deserve none of this. But amen. As we come yeah. to a, a closing, I know that you wanted to talk. Uh, you had a couple of topics. We've been going for about an hour and twenty something minutes, maybe. Oh man. But uh, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, let's talk a little bit about spiritual and. Uh, uh, supernatural gifts and how God has given us supernatural gifts to, to use for his kingdom. And when I say supernatural gifts, what does that mean to you? All right. That's a supernatural God. Mm, like, come on. And one thing that I always say about gifts is that like the church can't function on its own. The fingers, you know, the finger, the hand, we know it. It can't do it all by itself. It needs every ligament, every part of the body. And we all got gifts. And I think sometimes we doubt the gifts that we have. And when we do that, I think we rob the Holy Spirit. We rob God from those gifts of using what we got. And I get it because I've learned the hard way that sometimes, not the hard way, but sometimes when you get a gift, it often worries you before it blesses you and i've seen that happen as as i got saved this is crazy david um i i started god started sending me to hospitals before covid mm. right he started sending me to hospitals and I, I was starting to get phone calls all the time like hey pray for my brother he's in the hospital uh, he's dying he's on life support right and I was like, so this is why I say that sometimes when God gives you a gift, it often worries you before it blesses you. Mm. And 
I remember going to the hospital. Uh, one of the brothers came, and he was from my neighborhood, and he said, my brother-in-law's dying. He's got hep C, cirrhosis of the liver, and he's uh, on the hospital bed, and he's um he's dying. So I went in there, and I, he was he was dying, David. And he smelled, you know, like, you know, poop. You know, the, the bag was connected, and he stank. And, but God told me, nah, he's not going to die. I brought you here for a reason. Mm. And I started praying. And I'm not one of those type of persons, you got to be real careful when you say, God told me, yes, or yes. God did this, you know? Yes. Because sometimes God don't come through like that. And, you know, you're working on emotions. And so... I felt it in my spirit, though, David. I said, nah, God's going to wake him up. Mm, come on. So I told my wife, let's pray for him. And we started singing and worshiping. And the aunt came in. And I said, this is your cousin. And we started praying, David. And I get a call 6 o'clock in the morning that the brother woke up. Nah, amen. Yeah, yeah. God healed him. God healed him. That's supernatural right there. That's, that's a touch of God. And so I said, where is he at now? And... They said, he's alive, he's up, but they're transferring him to another hospital. I said, I'll go. I ended up going to Loma Linda to go see him. I don't even know the guy. Yeah, I yeah. never met him, but I just felt it was in my heart. But I felt that God woke him up so that he could be saved. Mm. And I felt this. And so, and to show people God's supernatural powers. Come on. What, what he's about, you know? He's a real physician. Come on. So I went and I walked into the room, David, and it was dark. And I messed up because I should have turned the light on, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I went in there, I walk in, he's up. Like, totally, you know, normal. And he goes, he sees me come and he looks at me and he's like, who are you, bro? And I said, what's up? I, uh, I said, what's up? Um, I forget his name right now. And I said, what's up? I said, I've been praying for you, man. And my wife's right there. And he goes, are you effing with me? I said, why would you say that? He goes, your voice sounds like an angel. Ooh, come on. So I just started, uh, I said, I'm not I'm not messing with you, man. And I could see that he's seeing things, he's hallucinating. And I started praying and he receives Jesus right there on the spot. And wow. he's crying and crying. About two weeks later, he ends up passing, right? But I know that God brought him back for that reason. I know mm. he was dead. A coma. He was gone. Another time, too, God took me to one of my homies. It was on life support. They called me. They were going to pull the plug. They were going to pull the plug on him. I said, where's he at? Put the phone on speaker. I want to pray for him. Come on. I started praying for him, David. They hung the phone up. He got off of life support and asked for a paper to write. I showed up to the hospital right there. I was at a pizza place. I said, let's go, wife. Let's go over there and go pray. He was up. I've seen God do it so many times. Come on. And that's the thing is sometimes it, those are the types of gifts that God gives us if we go out, step out in faith. Amen. Amen. And I think sometimes the church, we lack that because we don't believe that we have any gifts. Mm. So disheartened to me because everybody has a gift. Preach. I don't care Preach. what it is. If you're a prayer warrior, then you pray. Amen. If you're a teacher, you teach. If you're a worshiper, you you worship. Come on, that's a gift that God gave you, and, and nobody could take it because when you worship, it, it's it's a gift. It's 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 a when you worship, it's not what you do; it's who you are. Ooh, come on, so, amen. And 
are just gifts are important to me. We all got them, but some people just think they go to church and I'm gonna just sit here. No, you weren't made for that. You got gifts. Let's use them. Let's let's see what you're good at. Let's use them. But yeah, those are supernatural, man. I, I've seen so many things happen in the supernatural with gifts and callings, and I've just stepped out in faith. Amen. No, it's no, no. I tell people once you taste that, you because you, you can do. Casual Christianity isn't going to take it, it. It doesn't work anymore. Uh, we we need to step into a. We need to we need more of God. We need to be desperate for God. When someone experiences what you've been ta you're talking about. They're going to want more. But it's mm -hmm. like you said, a lot of people don't believe it. Let's just be let's just let's just be as real as we can. They just don't believe it. They don't. They don't believe Someone told me one time that they look at the, 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 the Bible as God's as Jesus greatest hits. He oh, did it for them. You know, he did it. He, he ain't doing it no more. Yeah, he can. He can, you know, deliver people from drugs and alcohol and gangs and, and blah, 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 blah. But can he really heal people? I tell people God is in. God hasn't stopped being God. You know, there's a contagion. I, 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 I'm going to try to be smart right now. Can, there's a sensationalist. A continualist, and I tell people, look, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not the best with titles, but all I know is that some people they they're worried about it, and I get that, and some people have manipulated people, and they're false, and they're not about the business, and they use it for their gain, but there is a group of people out there that truly have those gifts, for yeah, uh, no. to lay hands on the to lay uh, people like they they have it, and so when people actually begin to uh, experience it they want more and more and more and more and, and when it happened to me david i got scared right uh -huh. i started telling god what's going on here i didn't ask for this gift like i still don't even know if that's my gift right yeah, I still yeah. get confused yeah. but i know god's not a god of confusion uh -huh. so when i'm called to pray i go pray amen and, and but i started to be like whoa i just asked to serve i asked to do a ministry i asked yeah. to I like I didn't. This is kind of scary. I remember I told Brother Hurt, you know Hurt. Yes, I don't know him personally, I, but I, yeah, yeah. Well, I know. I said Hurt. This is what's going on with me, man. What you think? And he started breaking it down to me, and I was like, Oh man, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm he, not he one. Just, yeah, I'm not one for titles either. Like I'm a prophet. I'm an apostle. I'm a this. I'm a yeah, yeah. I, I, I go. I, I, the only one I like to take, I will take preacher. And uh, but uh, if God says pray, I pray. If God says cast out a demon, I'm a cast out a demon. If God there says go. to lay the hand, I'll do what I got to do. You know, I'm not, I think some people take titles to the dome, but uh, like you said, I just want to be available. I just want to serve. And I think I God loves that, that. That's what God's looking for. Yeah, that, so, that's it, man. One of the things that I like you, you said, or, or, or you, you talked about, you know, when God gives you a gift, you know, not only, <clears throat> you know, when we know that we're not the, we don't, we, we can't put, our, our confidence in that gift, like, it's mine. Like, oh, you know, I'm making yeah. it happen. But one of the things I tell people is that, you know, God gives you that gift, but it's for him and it's for his glory. And his we have glory. to be very careful. I think a lot of times people think that that's them and they want to take, oh, I, it's because I prayed. Okay, but God, <laughs> made, but God's the one that made it happen. He just yeah. needed you to be there. Like you said, there you go. I just showed up and God showed off. Yeah. Because when it. people start thinking Ruben did it, Ruben's in trouble. Yeah. And I think that as man, we love to take credit for what we do, mm -hmm. you know, and we got to be very careful. But amen. 
and last but not least, we're gonna we got one more good topic. Uh, is uh, the accuser of the brethren, and uh, it says you know the adversary. It says I feel it's important because we need uh, it's important because it causes a lot of damage. You know, um, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing people he didn't exist. Yep. People think that um, Christians have made up uh, like you know it's a. Uh, uh, that 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 devil is fake, and I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, but not so much the devil. Mm-hmm. And the things that the devil does, like I tell people, there's a balance. I think I'm not one to blame the devil for everything, but yeah. I'm not trying to sit there and act like he don't exist either. Yeah. I think oh, there's a medium right on, on the money. Yeah, it's like saying. Talk um, to us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's like saying, oh, sometimes we give them too much credit. Yes, right? yes, yes. It's like saying, oh, the baby, the devil gave me a flat tire, but you've been <laughs> riding, but you've been riding around with a bald tire for a week. Oh, you know what? Right. Mike, that's a mic drop. Mic drop. Yeah, don't don't go blaming the devil for everything. You give him too much room, right? Now, don't get me wrong. The dude's powerful. Yes. Right. He exists, but I kind of like. Don't know if he's over. He's remember he took a third of the angels with mm. him. He took a third, so he's got a lot of little homies that are running around, oh, definitely, and definitely. around, just as powerful as him, almost. Amen. Right? Yeah. In that spiritual world, we know nothing of it like that, uh-huh. and we think that it's like we give him too much credit. We say, "Oh, the devil did this. The devil get in my head." Like, do you not read the Bible? What it says. It says that he rose around as a lion. It didn't say he is a lion. He's as a lion mm. to see who, who he can devour, uh-huh. right? And then it says that uh, uh, that the look at the wicked have no rest. Mm. The devil's wicked. He has no rest. I, I don't think he's like so much in our living rooms and no, no, no. So because he could only be at one place. Well, one see, time. the thing I is. Think, the problem is with Christians is we put him and God in the same level. Exactly. That's what I'm, <clears throat> so the devil is not yeah. omnipresent. There you go. The devil That's can only I'm be at one it. place at one time. That's why he well, got his minions. And he can't read our minds, right? He can't read our minds. All he can do is say, hey, you want to get this? You want this coffee cup? Shoot a fiery dart, right? You shoot a fiery dart. Yeah, because hey, people want to put him on God level. Yeah, yeah, we can't do that. He's, he's not we God can't. level. Because you can, I think he. To me, I think he's more interested in what's going on in the Oval Office or the North Korea. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you, know, you know, like when people the say the devil's yeah, after me, I'm like, the devil's after you, man. Don't think you. Don't think so highly of yourself, brother. Yeah. You yeah, got some demons. Gonna, you got some unclean yeah. spirits. Devil's not after you. Calm down. Oh, the devil. Now don't go. Now don't go calling on him because he might show up. Mm, you like, know? <laughs> Devil! Oh, hey, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where that's where being knowledgeable in spiritual warfare and knowing, yeah. look at, it's good to know your enemy and his tactics and how he works just as much as it's good to know how God works. But we fail to know how he truly works. Yeah. And so when once you can recognize the wiles and the tactics and the strategies of the enemy, you will, of course, he's going to do what he does and Life it happens, but like you said, people be giving him too much credit or not enough credit, and we need to be too much credit. Yeah, but, but we need to we understand. Can't like, we, we can't act like he's not there, right? True, true. As long as we're saved, he's always gonna come. Yes. He's always going. 
temp, whatever, who he sends or what. You know, it's the Antichrist, uh, uh, the Antichrist atmosphere that he mm, puts out. Definitely. The Antichrist agenda, right? Yes. Um, so it's always going to be there. Until God comes to take his church and he really can show himself, he's always going to tempt us Christians. He's, he's worried about us, you know. Amen. He wants to kill, still destroy. Kill, that means, like, he wants to shed blood. Mm. He, he, he doesn't come to just uh, uh, make you trip over a crack. Mm. No, he, come on. he's come. He's coming to hurt us, and and we need to know those things. So, and I've learned this with the devil. He usually attacks families a lot and worship teams, and he causes a lot of division, right? Amen. I learned this about the devil, and I always say this about people. Like you said, the devil doesn't know everything, right? He's not knowledgeable like that, but he knows what works in one season is going to work probably again in the next season. Mm. So he's repetitive. Yes. He's repetitive at what he does. If he knows that I could get you fight with this person and do cause a lot of cancer, I'm going to do it again. Well, they say this. Why try anything new when the old stuff works? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So that's what he does. But I just say, you got to stay, we got to stay strapped up. Mm. You got to oh. stay ready for that dude, man. And don't focus so much on the devil. Focus more on God. He's got to ask God for permission anyways. Talk to touch his children. Talk about it. You know? So as the so, accuser of the brethren um, and the damage that he causes, uh, what are some um, what are some things that uh, you want to highlight when it comes to that? Um, like I said, he loves to kill, destroy, and a lot, I know a lot, he, oh my God. Like COVID. COVID got me mad. I felt like he was punking all of us. Like the <laughs> devil. <laughs> it's like he was like over there just punking us, right? Like, I don't want to give him credit, but I know at the same time that he can do some stupid stuff, right? Yeah. Like, even Jesus had to rebuke him, right? Like, like always, this was a key scripture to me. Remember when Jesus is in the boat with Peter? And he's, a, I mean, he's asleep and they get him up and and they tell him, and God says, uh, he rebukes the wind. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. That kind of tells me that the devil kind of made that wind because God don't rebuke nothing that he didn't make. Right. Mm -hmm. It kind of was like, it was trippy to me when I read that. So I know he's powerful. The devil's powerful. Mm -hmm. Right. But sometimes people focus too much on the hurt that he causes. And they should be focusing on the healing that God already promises. Ooh, come on. That's a good one. I, I like that one. Amen. Yeah, and I just think that if we focus more on God and less on Him, then we wouldn't have to fight so many battles like that. Mm, we need amen. to focus on God. And amen. Yeah, man. It's, it gets disturbing. Like I say, the devil used to pit me. He don't do that no more. <laughs> God uses me. Come on. Amen. As we come to a landing, you know, Pentecostals, we like to close 10 times. Um, yeah, we do. As we come to a landing, um, what are some, If it, I always tell everybody, you know, if you had one more message to preach, one more sermon to preach, what, who, what would you say and who would you say it to? To the lost. Mm, come I would on. say this. I would say this. Galatians... 220 says, it is I who have been crucified with Christ. 
that is no longer I who lives, but he who lives in me. And when you get that down packed, that God took all your yuck, he took all your filthiness, and that what you know, what you've been through, and you want a desperate change, God will change it. He'll make a way when there seems to be no way. It's it's a peace that only he could give you. It's a love that a real father can give you. And he does something amazing that when you talk about Jesus, you say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power and the salvation. And that's what it really is that Know this, that none of our works can get us to heaven. There's nothing great, no title that can get us there. That don't mean don't do good things for Christ. But it's his grace alone, his mercy that saves you. His son, Jesus, dying on that cross and raised on the third day to stand in the place of all your sin, to drag you out of that mud. That's the kind of love that only a supernatural God can provide and I mean it humbly if you've been through some stuff and it's so grateful you're just so grateful that you know you've done so bad and you serve a God that forgives so much and just encourage it and know that there's freedom in Jesus Christ there's true freedom in Jesus mm, come on the message of hope and redemption amen restoration man Ooh, come on and you That's are it. you are definitely the the poster child for what the devil meant for evil god's turning it around and using it for his good and his glory oh man i'm so grateful david for reals man I, i'm grateful to just talk about god and what he's doing i don't do enough of this you know i don't do enough of like and that's probably just me no no for sure that. i just don't I think I just focus too much on what I'm doing. No, like, definitely. Well, yeah, you know. But I know I need to get out there and share it more like that. Mm -hmm. But I always think about the scripture that says that, you know, when you do things, do things in secret. And mm -hmm. like you said, like you said it to me, like you're humble and you don't try to throw it out there. And for me, that's a big thing because when I was a gang member, that's what I was trying to throw everything out there. Mm. You know, on my tattoos, I got them for a reason. I wanted you to see them mm. so I could attract something and speak a certain way and act a certain way. But I know I need to step out more on like a platform and give it to Jesus more. And, it's, and I thank you for this. Oh, I, mean, I appreciate you, man. And yeah, yes. Stories. You don't know how much, I know how much hard work it is for people like you to be right here doing this stuff. It's a lot of work. Yeah, not really. <laughs> No, <laughs> hey, not really. No, uh, it's, you know what I tell people all the time. Like I love my happy place is probably like you. My happy place comes on Friday nights to teach a Bible study for seven, eight people. That's my ha my happy place is because so during the elections, everybody at work, one of the ladies tells me, "Hey, brother Dave, you need to run for uh for hall monitor," and I said, "Why?" She goes, "Every time I see you, all you do is talking in the halls." <laughs> And I tell him, you know what? Uh, that's my happy place. Encouraging people, telling people about Jesus, loving on people. That, I didn't always have that joy. You know, and when I got saved, God put that joy in me. And so, I'm so grateful that I can be broke. I can, yeah. let's just be honest with you. I can have no money in the bank. 
I, I my kids make fun of my old lady car, um, but I'm, I tell people I'll probably be the, I'm probably the richest poorest man you'll ever meet, because mm-hmm. I have this joy in me that sustains me and it's and produced by the Holy Spirit, right? So my happy mm-hmm. place is is just doing the work of God, whatever it looks like. Your evangelism is different. That's why I tell people you don't got to do what we do. You don't got to do what Bizzle does, what Risen does. Mm-hmm. You don't got to do what I do. You just got to do something. Do something, yeah. Evangelism comes in different ways, but the message never changes. And if you're getting the message out there, I don't care if you're giving out socks, food, screaming on a, a corner, you got a platform of a million or 20. You give God, your, like you said, I give God my best no matter how big or small the crowd is. And I think that once you can do that, even if you never get the million views, even if you never get a hundred youth, even if you never have the biggest church on the block, you have fought the good fight. You have finished mm-hmm. your race. You've done what you were called to do to the best of your abilities, and you trusted in God. What else? What else is there? Mm-hmm. So, amen. So, in closing, God will give you those desires in your heart. What you want, you pray, you seek. God will answer. Mm. And I love it. It's servanthood, baby. Ser- servanthood. And I think that servant word is a cuss word now. You know, I talked the yeah. other day about being a slave, a bond servant. Nobody yeah, wants yeah. to be a slave to nobody. Yeah. But we're a slave to Netflix, a slave to Facebook, a slave oh. for some of us, pornography, anger, hate, greed, lust, uh, coffee, <laughs> energy drinks, food, Slaves. careers. Yeah, Y'all go serve somebody. Ooh, come on. That's what Willie G said. Come on. Yeah. And so in closing, again, go ahead and uh, tell us how we can get a hold of you if we want to book you and your wife. They want to book you and your wife to come and minister. Uh, shout out the youth group. I know we didn't talk about the Stop Ministry. Shout them out. Uh, oh, youth yeah. services. Yeah, uh, your follow church. Us, follow, yeah, yeah. Follow us on, on Stop Ministry. That's our open page. It's Stop, period, ministry. That's something that my wife opened, back, opened up when... Uh, she first got saved, and it stands for still trying to obtain purity. Mm. And that's like, if you mess up, just know that God will still give you another chance. Mm, you know, it's God is a God of second chances. So still trying to obtain purity. Uh, um, yeah, Stop Period Ministry, um, Ruben and Jamie, that's our personal page. If it ain't no weirdo, if you're a good friend, we'll accept you. Come on. Uh, My wife always gets on me. Why you asking? Why you got all these weirdos and all these these, these people on there? I'm like, because I'm insecure and I want numbers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um, we got to protect ourselves. Definitely. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, We do youth every other Friday. Anybody's more than welcome to come. We do it here in the city of Pomona or at Praise Chapel Chino. Uh, Just DM us. We'll give you the info. I don't throw my address out there unless you DM me. Um, we usually have, uh, I got flyers. I'll put more info on that. I'll put all your um, information in the, uh, uh, when, I, yeah. when I post. Amen. Yeah, follow us. I mean, you just hit us up. I'm always willing to go preach anywhere. Uh-huh. You know, just because I know how good God is and people need to hear the message more. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love Jesus. My wife loves Jesus. She worships. Mm-hmm. Uh we can always just figure stuff out. We help network. We're here to help serve you small youth groups. You need help. We're here to help. We love to serve my, my wife's a worshiper. 
Um, let me see what else. October, October 8th and 9th, surrounding areas, even if you're far. I don't know if you heard of um, Daniel Adams. No. You heard no, no. The Supernatural Healing. Look him up on Instagram. Okay. We'll be having him at our church uh, October 8th at 5 and October 9th at 10 a.m. Okay. Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I'm flying. We're flying him in from Florida. He's a pretty like he's like an Isaiah Saldivar. Okay. Healing deliverance. Uh, we're gonna have him there. So come on out. We do a lot of stuff at our church, and we're always giving back to the community. But kids, you're more than welcome to our youth group. We would love to have you. And that's every other Friday at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. 6:37. And uh, the address uh, is uh, for the one four five six two. Chino, California, uh, Central Avenue. Amen, amen. Yeah, that's Praise Chapel, Chino Valley. Sunday's our service. Uh, come on through, man. There's not a lot of whole much information I could throw out. But yeah, no, for sure, for sure. We're here to love on you, man, and that's it. Amen. We well, do a lot of stuff, man. Amen. Well, again, I want to thank you for uh, for giving. I know this is. It took a couple of weeks. I want It's it's funny because when I go through my Instagram, I'll screenshot somebody's page. And then I'll throw uh-huh. them in a folder where I want a future, future. And I threw your page like a year ago, bro. I remember you. But I, w- but I wanted to get your cousin first and then get you. And then I, that didn't work out. And then so I kind of like, okay, kind of forgot about it. And then when we seen each other at the, um, at the, uh, the youth event, I said, okay, I, I got to get this guy on. And um, then just to come in to know your story. And so I'm I'm blessed. I'm thankful that you came through and that you shared your story. Uh, we highlighted youth ministry, family. But ultimately, um, we one of the things that I love about your story is how God is able to just turn things around. Ooh, and how, heart of stone, give you a heart of flesh, baby. And how, you know, uh, how he was just able to uh, take what the world says is, is not repairable what mm. the world says that's not usable i tell people man god looks at junk you know the, there's an old saying that goes one man's trash is another man's treasure yeah, yeah. and sometimes we look at ourselves and we think who who could really love who can love me you know i'm damaged i'm broken i'm messed up you know how can i ever be loved and nobody loves me or whatever we think and god says i can use that i can definitely mm. use that and so god yeah. has Truly did a, uh, an amazing work in your life. He's using oh, you and your wife you. to impact in a generation. Oh, man. And so I thank you. I appreciate you. And uh, thank you for coming on. And um, anything else you yeah. want to add before we uh, we let you go? That's it, man. I hope we didn't take too much of your time. It looks late. But, hey, when we're talking about positive things, positive things start happening. Amen. You know, and the Holy Spirit moves. And that's what I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you, David. Amen. I appreciate you too, man. Okay. Yeah. Anytime you need me, I'm here. Amen. So Come maybe on. we can get you an unbreakable chain too. We gotta fight for those unbreakable uh, chains. <laughs> I need one, man. I got a, I got a couple chains, but I need an unbreakable one. Hey, I told him. I said I'm gonna see if he can let me borrow a couple of chains for the weekend. You know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> there you go. Amen, brother. Yeah. I appreciate you. I thank God you for coming you. through. God Say bless you. Okay. Amen. God bless you and your family. You too. All right, brother. God bless. Amen. What an amazing time in the Lord, my brother. Uh, uh, Ruben sharing his testimony, sharing his life, sharing. We're talking about youth ministry. We talked about family. We talked about having babies. We talked about raising babies. 
Um, one of the things that I love about his testimony is that, you know, he came from a place where some don't recover. He came from a place where some, they don't get a second chance. You know, growing up in the gang culture, growing up, uh, he, he said, I was a welfare baby. Growing up without a father and his mother was drug addicted. But knowing that through his whole life, maybe not aware fully, that God was always in the midst. And so hopefully you were blessed by this interview. Hopefully you were blessed by this story. That God is, the Bible says in the book of Numbers, I believe. Um, I could be wrong on that. So I, uh, what I will say is the Bible says God nor sleeps nor he slumbers. God is always up to something. He, He's not, God can reach anyone, what I'm trying to say. And so today I pray that you would take this interview and, and it would help, it would point you to Jesus, point you to the cross, point you to the, the father who loves you. And he loved you and not only says he loves you, but he demonstrated he loves you on the cross. And so today I pray that you put your trust in Jesus. And remember, as always, on the AV podcast, we tell stories, we give God glory and then we give God glory and then we tell stories. So as so I got to go. Because I got to work in the morning. But remember this. In everything you do, give God glory. God bless. That's it. You got to go. Abigail, tell them they got to go. <laughs> God bless you.